Lowe's knows you'll do it right to find the right gifts for dad this Father's Day. We do it right, too, with deals that'll make dad as proud as his perfectly seared steak and his perfectly manicured lawn. Now get a Charbroil 4-Burner Advantage Series gas grill for just $169 and pick up your choice of Craftsman gas or electric string trimmer for only $99 each. Make this Father's Day his best one yet and do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Charbroil offer valid through 612, Craftsman offer valid through 619, U.S. only. Good morning, Roto-Grinders. It's Killer B coming at you uh, this Friday morning. Uh, we got ourselves a 10-game slate. Going to try to do a better job at uh, hosting, unlike uh, last Wednesday. So, again, I'm here with uh, my man, Alan, uh, better known as Fat Helpert. Uh, Alan, how's, how's Thursday night treating you, man? Uh, it's been good. I mean, I know there's been some... Uh... Late scratch news with Dennis Schroeder, so I know that sort of impacted everything. I've I've kept to my rule of not playing any of the Grizzlies so far. So it, you know, I know they got blown out by like what sixty points or something crazy like that. So yeah, that was brutal. Yeah. That was that was unbelievable. There's actually the, the two early games really blew out. So you yeah. kind of had uh, just Kemba Walker. Actually, there are plenty of Charlotte guys that still got value there. It was just. Uh, the, I think I think Kemba only played 28 minutes, um, yet he still dropped around 62 DK points. So, uh, yeah, yeah, he crushed it. And then like the Hernan Gomez start came through, uh, kind of kind of looked at that. And then um, I, I feel like most of their starters still still got value. And then even um, uh, I, f- I feel like there's uh, multiple guys that uh, got value in Charlotte tonight. So. Um, yeah, outside of that, I think you wanted to uh, fade the other blowout game, the Orlando game. I don't know if anybody hit value over there. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, interesting slate. Uh, this ten game slate, like the, our our last uh, Wednesday slate, we had an eight game slate, and only half the uh, over unders were out, so, or the I should say the the totals were out. So this slate, uh, nine out of the ten uh, totals are out. So that's awesome. Can really break it down. Uh, let's see. Uh, before we go into uh, the slate, uh, we got a little we got a little Buffalo Wild Wings read it. So, uh, Buffalo Wild Wings loves the Cinderella story. It's the tale of the underdog, the unexpected, and by their unexpected nature, you just can't predict when one is going to happen. It makes them great, but it also makes them frustrating because at any moment you can miss that Cinderella sighting. Unless you're spending March at B Dubs, the official hangout for NCAA March Madness. Here you'll catch every second of every game, and you'll be able to look back and tell the story of the team you watched, climb their way from a low seed to the champions. But only if you go to Buffalo Wild Wings, Wings Beer Sports. What do you think about that, Alan? Going to Buffalo no, it's Wild perfect. Wings at all? Let's do it. <laughs> next time we're next time you're in town, let's do it. All right, man. I, I think I think this was a better opening than Wednesday, so I'm off to a decent start at least. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's dive into the first game here. Uh, we got the Clippers at the Pacers, and this is a two and a half point spread. Uh, Pacers are favored by two and a half. Uh, you know, I talked talked to you right before we went live that this would be uh, you, you had uh, the Clippers had an off day on Saturday, and then they played Sunday, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and now Friday. So that's four and six. Um, this is going to be interesting because obviously they're going to be on uh, pretty tired legs. Uh, what what do you what do you like here for the Clips? Yeah, I know last game we really loved DeAndre Jordan against uh, the Bucks, and he went off for 56 and a half DK points. And he's in a similarly good spot here against Indiana. The Pacers are you know, pretty awful against centers, just as almost as bad as the uh, the Bucks are. The, the only problem is his price has risen up to 8400 on DraftKings and. That's sort of a concern, you know. I, I think it's a, again a good spot for him. I really like him, but you know, 8400 for a center who, you know, isn't necessarily looking for his own shot to score. Uh, so that's kind of where I'm, where I'm at. I, I like him. It's a good spot. The price just seems a little bit high for me. Yeah, uh, on Fanduel he's a little bit better uh, priced over there. He's 8300. Now it's it's only a hundred dollars uh, difference, but. Uh, it's it's just uh, the way FanDuel's pricing is, it, it makes for a lot easier of a value. Uh, unfortunately, you're only allowed to roster one center, so there's going to be multiple centers, I think, on this slate that we're going to want exposure to. So um, totally agree with DeAndre uh, outside of the price increase. The way I look at DeAndre is he's just – he's not even a great basketball player. He's just one heck of an athlete. Like uh, the guy can board. He can 
uh, he can jump out of the, you know, he can jump out of the stadium. So uh, all the lobs that he can possibly do going to the free throw line, he's improved his free throw percentage throughout his career. So that's always nice. Um, but there's one guy again that stands out, and that's Tobias Harris. Uh, so at 7,400, uh, I'm just going to keep on uh, clicking his name uh, at this price. I just feel like he's the power forward minutes that he's getting on this team uh, allows for extra re- rebounds. Um, the Pacers, you can expose them more uh, at, with the big men. So uh, if you're playing power forward or center minutes, uh, you're going to get uh, some work in. So. Yeah, I, I like Tobias Harris uh, on DraftKings at 7,400. That would be my main guy. Uh, <laughs> there is a certain Sidarius Thornwell that's still getting 30 minutes. Actually, he got 15, min- 15 and a half minutes out versus the Bucks, but he is now down to 3,100. Uh, I just kind of want to throw that out there. His price his price is going down. Um, but, yeah, not going to touch that. Uh, anything else that you're looking at? I know Austin Rivers is coming off a really big game. Uh, I had exposure to him on FanDuel, and that really worked out for me. Uh, put up 40, 40 fancy points on last game in 38 minutes. Uh, he's got a high, high floor with all the minutes that he's soaking up. Uh, wh- what do you think about Austin? Yeah, I mean, you're really just playing it for the minutes. I'm not a huge fan of playing guards against the Pacers, especially with Collison and uh, Collison back in the starting lineup. Sure. So I think Rivers and Lou Williams – I'm probably not going to have much exposure. I, I agree with you on Tobias Harris. He's probably my favorite play on, on the Clippers just based on the salary. And the good thing is we saw his minutes jump back up. Uh, he played 25 uh, the game before. Uh, that was sort of his flu game, and then he bumped back up to 36. So uh, he should be back in his normal you know, high 30s minutes, and he's probably the guy I would target the most. All right, let's uh, roll over to the Pacers side of things. Um, we got the Pacers a little bit more rested uh, than the Clips. Uh, obviously, the Clippers four and six. It seems like the uh, Pacers are on maybe a little bit of a tighter rotation, which is nice. Um, you know, Collison is stepping into a starting role. Uh, I guess what sticks out to me is still Oladipo at eighty two hundred and Miles Turner. I know those are the exact two guys that we were on last time, and I think I kind of want to get more exposure to them. Um, Lance Stevenson was really popular uh, last game. I felt like, felt like, uh, well, maybe that was two games ago. Yeah, it might have been two games ago. I, I, I don't, I don't remember if he was popular versus the Pels. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. He's forty four hundred. He, his minutes got slashed. I don't know. Do you know exactly why his minutes got slashed? No, I, you know, I don't either. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was a good matchup against the Pelicans. I mean, I'm not sure why he only played thirteen minutes, but that was that's a little bit concerning. Yeah, you know. One weird thing is Glenn Robinson's lurking, right? He's been back. Glenn Robinson's been back now, I think, for three weeks at least. Um, and he's still not getting, like, the role that he had last year. So um, maybe that is because of Lance Stevenson. Uh, I would assume that's because uh, Lance Stevenson's kind of become more of the guy here. But uh, that's that's always interesting when a guy was the starter last year and then he's coming back and he doesn't get those minutes back. So, um but yeah, uh, I think I think Oladipo and Miles Turner exposure is more than fine. This is a, uh, a 119 uh, over under, so you're going to probably want to get a little bit of exposure, at least in tournaments. Um, there's nothing that I truly love in this game, but I think Oladipo and Turner uh, for the Pacers, and then on the other side of the ball, getting, um, getting a Tobias Harris exposure for me is what I'm looking at. Yeah, I think the only other play that I might consider is Collison. He kind of disappointed in his last outing, right? I think we were both on him um, in the game against the Pelicans, but he only produced 24 um, 24 uh, uh, fantasy points. And he still played 31 minutes, and he should rebound well. So I I don't mind him in this spot. Yep. He, uh, you know, it's kind of like one of those things where his minutes have gone up, but he's now in the starting rotation, and his field goal attempts really haven't increased at all. So um i think it's just because he's in the starting unit that his usage is kind of staying right where it is um you know when he when you come from the second unit your your usage is always going to be usually higher if you have a decent offensive game you know because you're just playing with worse players basically so um but i do i do like that he's getting you know four to five extra minutes in starting so um, yeah, I, I don't, I definitely don't hate it. Probably not a guy that I'm really looking at though. So, uh, you ready to move on? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So we got, uh, Denver at Washington, another one nineteen and a half. Washington's favored by one and a half here. Uh, still no John Wall. So, um, 
kind of waiting his arrival, you know, back to this team before uh, playoff. You got Mike's Michael Scott, <laughs> Mike Scott, uh, questionable, and Jordan <laughs> Meeks questionable. Um, so yeah, I mean, you, 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 your nickname is Fat Helbert, so you gotta love the Mike Scotts <laughs> of the world, right? I love the Mike Scott reference. Yeah, I love yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think Dean actually calls him. Uh, what does he call him? He, he's got a nickname for Mike Scott. I think he calls him the Paper Company. So yeah, yeah, that's it's not bad. <laughs> it's not bad. I, I don't know what you think about it. I mean, that's a good one. Yeah, all right, all right. Uh, but let, yeah, let's look at the yeah. let's look at the Denver Nuggets here. Um, again, I, I know we talked about this. Uh, it, it feels like these games were the same, or these teams are the same teams that played on Wednesday. So we're talking about the same guys, which is awesome. But. Um, you know, tighter rotation here for the Nuggets, which is kind of unlike what we saw last year. Uh, I know Jamal Murray uh, had the game last last game, uh, which was nice. And then we had uh, we had the Heritage Night, right, for Jokic. <laughs> yes, that's uh, right. And it did come through, but it was a blowout. You know, it was the, yeah. they blew up the Bulls after what? I mean, it wasn't it wasn't more than like uh, ten minutes, and the game was already like a twenty five point game. So. Yeah. Yeah, it was one of those things where they didn't need Jokic. He played 23, 24 minutes. Uh, I mean, he crushed in those 24 minutes. I mean, he was going a point and a half per minute. So uh, if, you, if you fed him like the 32 to 36 that he was going to get, he was going to have a monster. So I don't put that on him at all. Um, and a lot of these guys just didn't get uh, their minutes. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't look at anything like uh, they're not in good form at all. So uh, what, what are you looking at here uh, for Denver? Yeah, I I think this is a good Jokic spot again, and like you just said, you know people are gonna box score, uh, look, and they're gonna see his his fantasy points were down, and again it's just driven by the fact that the game blew out early, uh, the Nuggets won by 33, so he just wasn't needed, and I would expect this game to be a lot closer, and Vegas expects it to be a lot closer too. So fantastic tournament play, and I, I think he, he will be just low owned. Um, by the nature of the slate, and you know, like, like you said, from a from a, if you kind of take a step back in a macro view, and I know that we haven't really talked about it too much yet, but you know, we've got LeBron, we've got Westbrook, we've got Curry by himself on the Warriors, and there's just a bunch of guys that we probably want to spend up on, and I think Jokic goes a little bit overlooked. So from a game theory perspective, I, I do like him here. Um, the the other the other plays that I had some interest in, so. You know, I was completely off Paul Millsap the last game, and he mm-hmm. blew up for 47 DraftKings points. But if you look at his, his numbers, he played 27 minutes. He only took nine shots, and he also had five steals, which is not something that's really sustainable. So I'm probably not going to chase that. I'd rather just, you know, pay up for Jokic or even pay down for someone like a Wilson Chandler who has just been consistent um, you know, throughout this stretch. Yep, totally agree. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to chase the, the Millsap either. Um Millsap hasn't been getting uh, a lot of shots, like you just said. He only had nine shots up. So, uh, let's see his minutes. His minutes were also limited, uh, tw- twenty-seven minutes. I just think that's going to be across the board when we click on these guys. That uh, almost everybody was probably limited. Uh, let's see, Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray played twenty-nine and a half minutes. Um, he ended up with thirty-eight point seven five DK points. So, uh, I'd like him the most uh, here. Um, again, at sixty-nine hundred. Just feel cons- uh, confident in his role in this offense, um, and and I like his price, uh, especially on DraftKings at 6,900. So um, t- it's a good price to attack. Uh, yeah, and Will Barton at 6,800. I think I think I'm going to be getting exposure here to uh, two guards or two. Uh, I should say Jamal War- uh, Murray being the point, and then Will Barton being the the just a wing. So yeah, I think this is a fantastic game stack you know we, we're talking about plays that we like here we know that gary harris is going to be out so it's going to be a tighter rotation and uh yeah i, I think we, we know the plays that we like here so i don't mind kind of stacking this up and they're they're cheap enough where yeah. you can actually get exposure to all of them and uh even bring it back with someone from uh, the washington side which we'll touch on shortly yeah and these slates like at the end of the uh at the end of the month or i should say the last month of the year um you're you're gonna get a lot of blowouts you know just if you get a a non-playoff team versus a, a playoff team uh there's not a lot of that usually ha- uh in this slate there's only i mean potentially two blowout games so um you got you got the toronto at brooklyn game and the golden state at atlanta game so Outside of that, or I should say, oh, Cleveland at Phoenix. So, I mean, I guess I guess there's three blowout games. Um, but everything else should stay somewhat close and competitive. Uh, but these two East Coast games to start off might be the best two. 
They're both high and tight, uh, both right at about 119, and then one point, uh, yeah, one, basically one point uh, spread. So, you know, good overtime equity that you're getting in these two if you want to, you know, jam some players in. Mm-hmm. All right, let's uh, let's head over to Washington. Uh, why don't you uh, why don't you just grab uh, some guys here and talk about them? I like the prices here on a lot of different guys. So why don't you talk about uh, your favorites? Yeah, so you know Bradley Beal's 8300. I, again, I probably wouldn't play him as a standalone. I would probably use him as part of a stack. But the other pieces around him, Otto Porter and Markeith Morris, are you know totally fine. They're really cheap across the industry as well. And then I think Sadoransky is probably my favorite play. Uh, I don't mind playing guards against Denver. Uh, you know they're just really poor in that position, and um, he's 5500 on DraftKings, which is my preference. I think he's 6200 on FanDuel, which is a little bit too much. So I'll probably get my exposure there on DraftKings. But yeah, you know Sadoransky's going to play 30 plus minutes, if, assuming this game stays competitive, and he actually has a lot of upside in this spot. Yeah, so love. I, I think there's three guys that I want to have exposure to, and it's uh, it's for sure Sadoransky at 5500. Um, Markeith Morris at 5,200. Um, this is a spot where Markeith's kind of stepped up, uh, in his role. And I feel like Otto Porter's kind of just, you know, taking a back seat. Like, um, normally when you take John Wall out of the lineup, you have three guys that would pop. You would have Brad Beal, Otto Porter, and then you would have, uh, the young kid off the bench. I can't think of his name. Uh, he's, oh, Kelly Uber. Yeah. Uber. Yeah. So those three guys would always pop the most. Um, and Ubre had a monster game actually last game. Uh, I'm just pulling it up right now. 33. Wow, he almost played 34 minutes uh, against the Spurs. And you know the second unit was playing so good that Washington just kind of let them play. Uh, I just remember the first unit kind of getting blown out in the fir- like first for- uh, first quarter stretch, and then uh, and then the bench guys came in and Ubre and like all the bench guys played phenomenal ball. So they kind of let them run. And, yeah, pretty crazy to see the bench here, or at least Ubre, get uh, almost 34 minutes. So I don't see that I don't see that moving forward by any means. But just know that, you know, obviously with the wall off, uh, Ubre, Ubre's role in this offense becomes that much bigger. And, you know, he can, close, uh, he can close halves and he can close games if he's playing well. So you do get that upside. Yeah, I think at times they've moved Markeith to center and played small ball. And I think that's allowed Ubre mm-hmm. to – you know, enter the rotation. So actually, that's a really good play. I think if we hear Mike Scott Paper Company out <laughs> again with, you know, with the, I think it's like a flu or something. So if he's out again, that mm-hmm. might open up some more minutes for an Uber. So I really like that play. Yeah, yeah. And um, my, my last point about uh, Bradley Beal. So he's 8,300 on DraftKings. And then in comparison, you have Chris Middleton also at the same price. And we'll, we'll touch on the whole Milwaukee situation later. But I think with Giannis looking doubtful, I think I would rather use my 8300 for someone like a Middleton over a Beal. So that's why I, um, the opportunity cost is kind of high for, if you're playing Beal. Yep. All right, I think these next two games we can kind of go through really quick. Uh, they're two blowout games. Uh, actually, we don't even have one of the lines out, but uh, it's going to be a blowout situation regardless. Uh, but we'll do the Brooklyn at Toronto. Uh, this is a spot where I would... Uh, it's not like that I, I hate the spot for Brooklyn. In fact, uh, I actually like the spot more for Brooklyn than probably Toronto here. Um, guys like Spencer Dinwiddie, only 5K. Alan Crabb at 4,800. These guys are, are going to play 28 to 30 minutes. Uh, and at 4,800 and 5K, they're probably my favorite too. Levert at 5,300. Uh, really like him. Looks like Cunning, Dante Cunningham is going to play which I think is going to lessen the role for RHJ. So I won't have any exposure to RHJ. Um, but yeah, Levert, Crab, and uh, Dinwiddie are squarely in play for me. Yeah, I think that's actually kind of my analysis too. I think RHJ is a little bit priced too high now because uh, Cunningham is back. And then the exposure I would have on the Nets is probably limited to the guards. And the way that I would approach it is I probably wouldn't proactively target any of these Brooklyn guys. But if someone you know if I had 5k left over and I had enough room for a Dinwiddie or a Levert I would probably go there uh, I really respect Toronto uh, Toronto's defense so mm-hmm. it's probably not something I would actively target yeah and like Dinwiddie and Levert they're both uh fancy point per minute guys right so you're getting them at 5k and 5300 and we expect 26 to 30 minutes for these guys so yeah I, I do expect to see 5x and it's not like um 
it's it's not like a crazy to see them go 6x here and possibly get 32 to 34 minutes if they keep this game close. Uh, Brooklyn is a terrible team uh, record-wise, but they don't have incentive to lose because they don't uh, get their draft pick next year. I, I know I say that every time I cover Brooklyn, but it's like something to hit home every time. Like, okay, Brooklyn, you just got to remember, yeah, Brooklyn doesn't have incentive to lose. So they, they don't have that game theory. Like the general manager is not like – looking to pull guys, you know, so you don't have to worry about them pulling like any Memphis, Sacramento, or Atlanta <laughs> tonight. Uh, so, sorry for all those Dennis Schroeder uh, uh, owners out there, but uh, yeah, he got pulled tonight. So uh, Brooklyn's probably not going to be doing that. You'll probably get news well beforehand when they're dropping guys. Uh, they don't have that that same incentive to lose. So uh, you want to head over to Toronto? Yeah, you know, I think my, my exposure to Toronto, I mean, it, it is a good spot on paper, but again, it's it's probably not a place that I would have a lot of exposure to. And then you actually wouldn't be surprised if we saw them rest. You know, they've rested Lowry, they've rested DeRozan, uh, Van Vliet's you know, been banged up. So I kind of want to take a wait and see approach with this team. And it's a four or it's a, a 7.30 Eastern game, so we should have some news. But I think my... Main interest would be Valanciunas again, you know, tournament play only uh, against the the Nets, who are dead last in DVP against centers. So it should be a good spot where, you know, he'll probably be low owned also. Uh, sure. People probably aren't going to go after this. But yeah, you know, honestly, like I, I think it's really just Valanciunas for me. And uh, I'm probably not going to actively target Lowry DeRozan at their almost 8K prices. Yep. So uh, one guy that I do really like is Fred Van Vliet. And now, Van Vliet is actually uh, carved up a, a role here where he's ending the halves and ending the uh, games, which is crazy uh, against Dallas and Cleveland. He, he ended up uh, playing about 30 minutes in both those games. Uh, situation where I, that kind of took me by surprise, uh, but we do have C.J. Miles questionable. And now C.J. Miles is a pretty high usage guy off the bench. If C.J. Miles is uh, ruled out, that that allows Fred Van Vliet to soak up some more usage for sure in the second unit and then possibly roll out the whole half. So um, if if C.J. Miles is ruled out, give me some Fred Van Vliet exposure, especially in tournaments. I don't think he becomes cash game viable, but um, for sure, for sure, I like Van Vliet tomorrow. Yeah, good call on that. Um, but again, <laughs> let's just hit home uh, the, the centers versus Brooklyn. You can't lose with those minutes. Like, if if Jonas Valanciunas gets somehow uh, sniffs 30 minutes, he's going to crush. Uh, we saw Dwight Howard uh, put up 32 and 30 last game versus Brooklyn. I mean, just that's just a monster line, obviously. Um, if you get if you get center minutes versus Brooklyn, you're going to you're going to crush. You're going to go way above your seasonal average, your seasonal fantasy points per minute average. Currently, Jonas Valanciunas is 1.22 fancy point per minute. I'm going to put that at somewhere around 1.4 fancy point per minute uh, against Brooklyn. So if, if you can give me 26 uh, Jonas Valanciunas minutes, I, I'd probably take that. You know, I, I expect I expect a, a 40 burger uh, at least if you give me 26 minutes. So yeah, he played them earlier this month and 27 minutes, 48 DraftKings points. So your estimations right? Yeah, if he just gets the minutes, he should. Put up a good game, but mm -hmm. yeah, tournament only. All right, so uh, we'll go. We'll move on to Phoenix at Cleveland. Now, this is the one line that's not out. It's because Devin Booker is questionable, but regardless, this is going to be a a pretty big. Uh, I, I would assume a pretty big line. Now, I'm going to predict that Cleveland potentially could sit down LeBron James tomorrow. Um, I'm just I'm just going to throw that out there. I, I don't think they need LeBron in this game to win, but. Man, if you if you bench LeBron and they lose this game, that would just look terrible, right? So yeah. I think I think if Devin Booker is ruled out, that this is a potential sit spot for LeBron. Um, you know they're they're going to have to start sitting him this last month just to get him re well rested for the playoffs. Uh, this is definitely a spot where I think I think if Devin's ruled out, they could be somewhere around thirteen to fourteen point favorite. Uh, if he's ruled in, they're going to be like an eight to nine, maybe ten point favorite. Um, but yeah, if he's ruled out, I would expect I'd expect Cleveland to, uh, to answer back and you know rule out some guys. Maybe maybe Kevin Love takes a, a, a break because he he's now played what two games, so maybe yeah. he takes a break. Um, 
Yeah, there's. I think there's going to be some decent guys to own here. Uh, it's just let's wait for the news more than anything for me. Uh, let's let's see if Devin Booker's in. Let's see what Cleveland does. I don't know if we really need to discuss this too much. We can we can hypothetically say stuff. Uh, but what what are you looking at in this game? Yeah, you bring up a good point about the rest. Uh, I I actually don't mind LeBron in tournaments if, if if he plays and if Booker plays and I'll probably pair them right uh, mm-hmm. just and just hope that the game stays close somehow and you can also play you know throw in uh throw in Kevin Love and Josh Jackson who should see minutes uh assuming TJ Warren is rolled out I think right now he's currently doubtful he didn't practice on Wednesday so I yeah I'm really curious sort of how the industry sort of approaches LeBron James, just given the fact he scored 70 DraftKings points in five straight games. He's obviously the hottest player on the planet right now. Yeah. And so you're right. We probably have to just take a wait-and-see approach. But if I get a sense that the industry is kind of off him and not going to chase because of a potential blowout, I think in tournaments that's a perfect opportunity. I mean, there's no greater spot for, for Cleveland. So, yeah, just kind of keep a pulse on the industry and, and, and the news for this game. And we kind of bury the lead here. LeBron James last game, 17 assists, no turnovers. That's unbelievable. That's uh, from the article that I read the other day. uh, It's only happened two other times in the history of the NBA where more than 17 uh, assists with zero turnovers. So uh, pretty phenomenal out of LeBron in his, uh, what, 15th season? Uh, I think it's the 15th season. So. Unbelievable stuff. Um, but yeah, let's let's move on. I mean, that's kind of more of a hypothetical situation. We got to almost wait for uh, the injuries to play out. But uh, we got the T Wolves at uh, the Knicks, and let's see. This is a nice over under, man. One twenty two and a half. Uh, T Wolves favored by six point six and a half points here. Um, the first thing that I, w- I would say is Carl Anthony Towns is really putting this team on his shoulders with Jimmy Butler off. Um, and I want to get some exposure versus Enos Cantor uh, and Towns. So uh, this is a spot where Towns has been playing. I mean, he's he's been tickling 40 minutes uh, lately. So uh, last five games, 30, uh, 39 minutes, 40 and a half, 39, 35 and a half, and then 40 and a half. So if you're going to get 40 minutes out of Carl Anthony Towns, I think you can you can pencil in somewhere around 55 points. Uh, so you know if he gets 40. 40 minutes versus Cantor. I mean, and it's going to be Cantor and uh, backup center. So, I mean, obviously Cantor only probably soaks up like 30 of those minutes. So uh, yeah. I, I I personally want Towns, and then I don't know how much I want exposure out of anybody else here. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, I was looking at all the other pieces, and I mean, Jeff Teague is the closest play, but he's up to 7,300 now on DraftKings, and his price spiked almost $1,000 uh, overnight. And, if I'm going to pay that much, I'm probably just going to pay up for Towns and just kind of get the sure points. But yeah, you know, like again, at looking at that high level, if, if LeBron is in, and you know, we've got the LeBron James dilemma. Like I, I kind of see Towns going overlooked and maybe even underowned in this spot, um, just based on the nature of the slate. Uh, you know, we've also got Jokic who's in a great spot, who's actually cheaper than Towns. So I think people are going to have to you know, wrestle with that if they want to pay up for center. So I think this is actually a, a good spot. Um, but yeah, really, it's just Towns and maybe Teague for me on this team. Right. Uh, another note here: Derek Rose is questionable. Um, Derek Rose has trouble staying healthy. Let's just. Be honest. <laughs> um, but in 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 the six and a half minutes, I'm just looking at Derek Rose right now. In the six and a half minutes, he had 51% usage rate. So there you go, Derek, mm-hmm. hitting that 51% uh, usage rate in six and a half minutes. That's good. Um, Tibbs, Tibbs is gonna ruin his career, right? That that's is gonna be end. This is it, right? Like, yeah. Well, Tibbs. I mean. Tibbs, Tibbs knows how to injure his guys. I mean, uh, Jimmy <laughs> Butler uh, hurt. I mean, yep. yeah, it's 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 not good. Like Tibbs, Tibbs needs to start listening to a little bit more of the analytics guys. Uh, maybe take a take a page out of the San Antonio Spurs and see how they rest their guys. Uh, because yeah, what he's doing now is very old school, and I don't think it's gonna work in the future. So yeah, yeah it's it's. It's it's it sucks because I do like Tibbs in a way, and then in another way, it's just like man, if, if he doesn't accept change, um, I don't know how much you look at on off stats, but Tyus Jones on off stats this year are phenomenal. Um, 
I still think Jeff Teague deserves to start when Jimmy Butler's not around. But when Jimmy Butler's around, I think Tyus Jones should be the starting point guard and then bring Jeff Teague off the bench. But, um, yeah, that's kind of where I stand on that. Obviously, does is not DFS-related one bit. But, uh, yeah. Um, all right, let's, let's move over to the Knicks here. Um, we got, uh, again, the Knicks just <laughs> in shambles. Yeah. Uh, Beasley put up a game. I remember Beasley putting up a game last game. Um, still, uh, this is hands-off situation. Knicks trying to lose, uh, want to lose. Um, Tim Hardaway's getting the minutes. Nobody else is getting minutes. Kyle Quinn being a high-usage guy. That's my tournament play only guy, and that's basically where I stand. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, I think Lance Thomas has been ruled out. So this is a – should be a Beasley spot. It's a revenge game, I guess. I guess So if you want to chase that, I, I don't mind it. So I know last time we, we talked, we were pretty much on Hardaway, just knowing that he gets a consistent minutes. And I think he's still fine. But, you know, I, I didn't expect the you – know, in his canter, he dropped almost 50. Uh, he played 31 minutes. And so it kind of came out of nowhere. And so I, I'm – really torn on Cantor because it, it's not a bad matchup against Towns and yeah. it should be needed. But, you know, like you said, his minutes are all over the place. This is for probably the first time he's played over 30 minutes and it's been like eight games. So, yeah. yeah. The thing is, they're going to need him, right? That's the big yeah. thing. I, I do like when uh, a guy is needed. I mean, obviously Kyle Quinn's still going to get center minutes, but uh, Cantor is definitely needed. And Cantor can uh, – he can win that battle on the offensive side versus Towns. I mean, we've seen how susceptible Towns is down low. So, um, yeah, I don't mind Cantor, uh, a little bit of Cantor exposure. I'd probably still stick to Kyle Quinn just because in a situation where minutes can be just taken away from uh, from you, uh, in a situation like where the Knicks are trying to lose, give me the cheaper guy. That's the way I always look at it is like, okay, if they're going to pull minutes, they're not really going to pull Kyle Quinn minutes. They're going to pull Enos Cantor minutes before Kyle Quinn minutes. So, yep. Fair point. Okay. Uh, I think this is, might be the game of the night. Uh, we got Milwaukee, uh, versus Chicago or at Chicago, I should say. Uh, it's a, uh, total bucks are favored by five. No Giannis. What are we doing here? Yeah. So I was really torn. I mean, my first instinct when I heard the Giannis news was you instantly play, uh, Chris Middleton and uh, Eric Bledsoe. And it's kind of reminding me of last year when we had the LeBron-Kyrie-Love trio where if one of them gets ruled out, you play the other two. And that's how I'm kind of treating it. But DraftKings did a really good job of pricing them up. Um, Bledsoe is up to 8,000 now and Middleton's at 8,300. So that was matching my hesitation. uh, DraftKings did a really good job just Mm -hmm. to to react to the news. So – this is a really tough spot for me to kind of figure out because Chicago's been really good at tanking, and I'm—I mean, I, I kind of love to get your thoughts. I—I I, I would, if I'm going to play them, I'm probably going to pair them and just soak up all the usage. And you can even include a John Henson who is only five thousand, really cheap, and you know the Bulls are just awful against uh, centers. So I, I think I would maybe pair two or three of them together. But I mean, how how are you treating this? Yeah, so the biggest news outside Giannis being out is just click on Jabari Parker's minutes last game. Uh, We were seeing 24 to 25-minute Jabari, and then we finally got 30-minute Jabari. So I think we unleashed Jabari all across the industry, no matter the price. Uh, 5,400, I'm more than comfortable with 5,400. I think we're ready to see playoff Jabari Parker. So... I think I think we're gonna start seeing 30, 32 minute Jabari Parker. Uh, this is an easy smash spot. Jabari might. I, I don't think Jabari would be playing center minutes. I think most of those center minutes will go to Henson and Tyler Zeller. We'll soak up some, but Jabari Parker will probably get maybe six to eight minutes. Eh, Thon Maker might see the center more more of the center minutes, but either way, give me Jabari Parker across the industry tomorrow. I'm gonna be hammering him hard. Uh, Henson, you bring up a great point. Henson, I think, uh, I think he's squarely in play. If we just run court IQ, which is behind the paywall, we'll just kind of do a little bit of an exposure here. Uh, Chris Milton's bump is 0.17 fancy points per minute. Um, actually we'll bring it over to DraftKings. So 0.17, uh, DraftKings, uh, fancy points. 
Jamari Parker also 0.17 uh, bump up. Uh, then you go all the way down to Henson at 0.11 and then Bledsoe at 0.01. So Middleton is the guy that really jumps off the page. Um, if there is a guy that you're going to pay up for, it would be Middleton. Now you're going to get him at a cheaper price over on FanDuel. And I think at 8,100, I'm, I'm buying that FanDuel price. So, uh, I, I do like a lot of the bucks here, which is a good spot. Uh, they're going to be way above their uh, seasonal average, uh, 111. I believe they're averaging somewhere around 106 on the season, so that's about five, five more points in their uh, in, uh, their seasonal average. So I like that. Yeah, it's just this is when you when you remove a guy that does so much, you know, the offense is always run through Giannis. So um, you're you're going to get a lot more rebounds for a guy like. Uh, I mean, you're going to get a lot more boards for Henson. You're going to get a lot more boards for Jabari Parker. You're going to get more assists for Bledsoe and Middleton. It's just everybody, everybody's going to get a little bit more of the piece of the pie here. So um, give me, I guess, in all, give me Jabari Parker for sure and then a little bit of Middleton and Henson also. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point on, on Parker. I actually missed, his, missed that uh, that news. So I think, the, yeah, from now until luck, I mean, my biggest questions are going to be, like how do I want to maybe pair or trying to figure out like how how they correlate well together? Like do I want to include all three together? Is that too much? Uh, you know, do I want to just go maybe Parker and Middleton or Parker and Bledsoe and kind of how I want to stagger it? So that's probably how I'm gonna kind of approach this game and think about <clears throat> excuse me think about it over the next you know next day. For sure. All right, let's uh, let's roll over the Bulls and now the Bulls are gonna be without Blakeney the rest of the year. We got. Laurie Markkinen still questionable, uh, which is interesting that they still come out with a line uh, and Laurie is still questionable. Um, I thought Laurie would be somewhat enough of a mover to kind of move the line, but uh, maybe not. Um, but that Laurie Markkinen news is going to be huge. Uh, it's going to be huge for a guy like Bobby Portis. It's going to be huge for a lot of the bigger the bigger guys like Felicio and Bonley. Um but, you know, no Blakely, and Blakeney was seen 24 to 26 minutes. So uh, you remove those 24 to 26. Now, obviously, you got, like, Jerry Grant and Holiday back in the rotation, and then Nawaba Valentine, so, uh, and then Payne, right? So it, it's there's still bodies there. It's just uh, – it, it'll be interesting. If marketing is ruled in, I really like uh, Lori uh, tomorrow at 5,500 on DraftKings. I think that's a steal. Um, you basically against the Bucks, the bigger you play. Uh, so uh, if you're a five, you're gonna crush. If you're a four, you're gonna be more than fine. If you're a three, you're gonna be fine. The one and the two, uh, the one for sure is the most defense. The way the Bucks play their defense. Um, so yeah, give me give me like the bigger men here. Uh, give me the Lori Markinens. Give me uh, if I will play whoever starts between Bonley and Felicio. I would ass- who who do you think gets the start between those two? I'm still thinking it's Felicio and yeah. <clears throat> at 4200. I, I mean against the Bucks, he's in play. Yeah, he's I, he, 100% he's in play. Um, Vonley Vonley uh, is a better fantasy point per minute producer, so um, that is something to to know. Just the Bulls have been running out different lineups every single day, so. Uh, Vonley has been crushing. Uh, so he, last game, 24 minutes, he had 33 fantasy points. Um, he's been consistently seen at least half the game. Uh, Felicio has been getting more minutes. Um, he doesn't crush as much. Like he's, he's definitely under a fantasy point per minute, uh, guy, but he's getting more minutes. So he, his role is more secure. Uh, also his price is cheaper. So to me, it, it, it's not like I, I start my value guys around these guys, but I try and work them in uh, when possible. They're kind of like gap fillers more than anything else. Um, but I think I think even a Cameron Payne at point guard is squarely in play, uh, mainly because guys like uh, Bledsoe and Middleton are going to have to be so focused on the offensive end that maybe their uh, point guard defense isn't going to be the best tomorrow. Also, Giannis is basically the best rim protector for the Bucs, and you remove that, Cameron Payne's going to get to the rim. Yeah, I think Cameron Payne is actually in play, and we still haven't seen that explosion, you know, that maybe a 30- or 40-point game, but he's still 
going to be forced to see minutes with all the injuries. Um, you know, Jerry and Grant's back in the rotation, like you said. But between Grant and Payne, I'd still probably pay, uh, play Cameron Payne over uh, Jerry and Grant. And if Markkinen's uh, ruled out, I like Bobby Portis, but Bobby Portis's exposure hinges on Markkinen being ruled in. So if Markkinen's ruled in, I have zero interest in Portis. Uh, and then if Markkinen's ruled out, I have a lot of interest in Portis. So really hinges on that news. Um, also, the marketing news definitely hint, uh, my love for Felicio and Bonley will be hinged on marketing being in or out. So uh, a lot of the big men, uh, the, the threes, fours and fives uh, will hinge on the marketing news for sure for me. Yeah, completely agree. All right. Let's uh, let's go to Miami and OKC. This is an interesting one. Um, I mean, two two definitely strong playoff teams here. Uh, we got, uh, let's see, we got an over under of 215 and a half. Uh, we got Thunder favored by, I'm trying to do math in my head here, sorry, six and a half. <laughs> six and a half. Um, so here we go. Uh, what do we like on the Miami side of the ball? It looks like uh, Miami, I mean, DraftKings is kind of price these guys pretty legitimate, whereas on FanDuel, I'm, I, I'm noticing them come up cheaper. The only guy that really sticks out to me, and he stuck out to me last time, is Josh Richardson at 5,700. Uh, being a five-category guy, a guy getting 30 to 32 minutes, I just this is a guy that I'm always considering in cash every day. So um, Josh Richardson is my play here, and outside of that, I think only tournament exposure anywhere else. No, I agree with the Josh Richardson play. Uh, I chased the James Johnson uh, game last time, and. Yep. After 46 minutes, he played in double overtime. They scaled his minutes back to 22, which, you know, I guess I should have seen it coming, you know, uh, but at the same time, I'm expecting his minutes to kind of go back to his normal, I don't know, 28, 30, you know, low 30s. So I kind of like this play, uh, James Johnson against Carmelo Anthony defense. I'm not too scared of that. So I would be willing to go back there. But it's really been Kelly Olenek just been dominating recently, and he's coming off the bench. Again, no Whiteside, no Dwayne Wade in the second unit. So it's going to be a lot of Kelly Olenek in the second unit and kind of spelling uh, James Johnson and Bam Adebayo. But his price is also at 6800 on DraftKings, and he's also 6700 on FanDuel. So I don't think a lot of people are going to play him. You know, he's going to go, again, overlooked. Um, but really, I think a really fantastic tournament play because his usage has just been so dominant in the second unit without Dwayne Wade and uh, with Whiteside out. Sure. Yeah, I, I like that. Um, yeah, to me, like, this is a spot where Russell Westbrook goes 100 miles an hour. He's going to turn the ball over. Uh, the guy that's going to get the turnovers a lot of the times is Josh Richardson because he's always in the lanes. He's always in the passing lanes. He reads he reads those passes. Unbelievable. I watch a lot of Miami Heat. I don't know why I watch a lot of Miami Heat. <laughs> But um, maybe it's because they're the first game a lot of times that I'm turning on, and I feel like I've ha I've had a lot of Miami Heat exposure. You know, for a team that's in the playoff hunt, they've had so many injuries throughout the season, um, very tight rotations throughout the year. So I had a lot of value, definitely in the first third of the season, even in the second third of the season. Like I had always Miami Heat value, and Josh Richardson was always like one of my mainstays. So um, yeah, I'm, I. I think on DraftKings, that's where I'm going to get it. And then on FanDuel, I think there's a lot of guys in play, but maybe uh, for right now, I would. the thing is, Bam is a center over there. Um, yeah. And Bam's minutes went down to 13, and they played Kelly O a ton uh, last game. I mean, Kelly O has been crushing lately, but also Kelly's been getting the minutes. Now, mm -hmm. when they truly need a center, which they're going to need a center versus Steven Adams, um, we're going to see we're going to see Bam definitely uptick those minutes. So um, don't expect to see Kelly O minutes uh, center minutes versus Steven Adams. It's going to be it's going to be Bam down low. So good call. Yeah. All right, uh, let's roll over to OKC. Now this is this is a very uh, strong defensive uh, game. I mean, you got defensive guys on both sides of the ball. Uh, Miami is way better of a defensive team than the Thunder are. But uh, what are we looking at here for OKC? Yeah, I really struggled with the OKC side. This was actually the team that I hard, had the hardest time to sort of analyze because because of Miami's strength on defense. And I think when I take a step back and look at the slate, the first question I probably ask myself is, you know, do I want to pay for a Westbrook or LeBron? 
And that's typically when they're when they're both on the slate. That's my first question that I ask myself. And LeBron's got the better game environment, but he's obviously got the blowout risk. And we need to again wait to see if he's even you know, playing and kind of how Devin Booker's status impacts that game. So uh, you know, I I mean from a cash game perspective, I, I think Westbrook is fine in tournaments. I think he's I think he's an elite tournament play, obviously. Um, 11-1 on DraftKings is a really great price. Um, we're actually getting a little price decrease because of the matchup. So I think this is a spot where I really do like Westbrook. I just don't know how to prioritize him if we get you know, that LeBron-Booker matchup. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, for the studs, I think actually Steph Curry comes into play. And I know that no. Steph uh, over on DraftKings is 10-6. So that's very elite style. Uh, pricing, but he's the only Golden State health, uh, guy that's healthy. Um, and it's not even a 10-point spread at home versus an Atlanta team where Atlanta's like, I mean, Atlanta's ruling guys out, you know. Uh, so, yeah, this is a spot where I think I, I like Curry maybe the most. But, uh, yeah, Westbrook at 11-1, that's very, very cheap. That's That's way too cheap. In a competitive game, that's the main thing is, is the game going to be competitive? Yes. Well, yeah, then I want to have some exposure to Russell Westbrook. Um, at home, uh, I do expect him to always produce better at home. Like, he always seems to have better numbers. Uh, I, I, yeah, I really like Westbrook. And Carmelo, end of the year Carmelo, it just seems like probably not going to get a lot of exposure there. But I think Steven Adams is squarely in play at 6,500. Um Paul George at 7,600 is very underpriced, very underpriced. I don't know how much I like that, even though he is underpriced. And I'm always always looking at those prices, but I just don't know how much exposure I'm going to have to him just because I don't feel like uh, the offense is going to be really situated around him because that's where – uh, Miami defends very well uh, at the at the Fords. You know they have the James Johnsons, they have the Josh Richardsons. That's where the wings just get shut down, and you have to beat them at the at the point guard spot. That you have to beat Goran Dragic, or you have to beat him down low. Um, Whiteside's off the court, so they're definitely beatable at the center spot. So, give me Westbrook. Give me the Westbrook uh, at point guard. Give me Stephen Adams at center, and I think that's how you beat Miami. Yeah, I think I agree with that analysis. Uh... This is such an interesting slate from, you know, game theory and just how people are going to – people have their own biases, right, or, or, or perceptions maybe is a better word, right? Uh, people might say, okay, Westbrook against Miami, that's going to be a tough matchup. Uh, you know, Curry's coming off an ankle injury, which he's had problems with in his career. There might be recency biases against him. Uh, and also, you know, Atlanta, people might perceive it as a potential blowout, but – to, to be fair, and Golden State is not the same Golden State team that uh, has been winning championships and going to the playoffs. Um, and then, again, LeBron with the blowout risk. So people are going to have their own perceptions, and that's really, I think, going to help spread ownership a little bit. Yeah. Can you still hear me, Alan? Alan? Yes. Okay, sorry. Uh, it looks like we have an internet connection problem. But uh, anyways, <laughs> just moving forward, I mm-hmm. totally agree with that. Um but yeah, I, I don't really have much to add outside of that. So um, there's this is the next game here, uh, Utah at San Antonio. I mean, this is <laughs> this has got to be one of the worst games that you can possibly have. Just two very slow-paced, awesome defensive teams. It just seems like a total fade across the board. I'm just gonna allow us to combine both teams here. You tell me what you like yeah. out of these two teams, if you like anything. Yeah, I think this is probably the one game where you can actually cross off. And we kind of talked about this last time with San Antonio. Uh, they were playing Washington, where we really don't have a ton. I don't have a ton of interest. This is a back-to-back for Utah um, on San Antonio. It's really just Aldridge for me. And, again, I would only play Aldridge um, just for the sake of maybe low ownership. I don't know if we need to go there in uh, in cash games. I mean, he has been crushing it, so uh, there is – that aspect. But again, yeah, I think it's really just Aldridge for me in this entire game. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 this is just like a bad plane. Like for me, for me, uh, Rudy Gobert is definitely in play at 7,800. Uh, you can definitely attack, uh, centers, um, with the Spurs. But outside of that, I think, I think I'm good fading this. Aldridge is on a, like a very awesome stretch here. Um, 
But yeah, I, I'm good with fading Aldridge 100%. Um, will not have any exposure to Aldridge or anybody really outside of probably Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert is my guy uh, to attack, and you know I don't I don't expect I expect Gasol to soak up uh, more of these center minutes uh, against Gobert. Um, but you know it's going to be Aldridge too, and nobody's going to be able to handle Gobert down low. So um, yeah, yeah. I, I do like Rudy. But, you know, Rudy's on a back-to-back, so it's it's one of those things where I'm going to have to look at back-to-backs and then also just the matchup versus the Spurs. But in a slow-paced game, what a lot of people don't understand, a lot of times these slow-paced defensive games, there's still a lot of fantasy points to go around with the big men. Uh, maybe not the best shooting goes on, but uh, you get more rebounds. Slower pace is sometimes is better for centers. Sometimes they soak up more minutes. Um, more minutes usually just means more fantasy points. Gobert's going to be blocking shots left and right in this game. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely do like Rudy tomorrow. Okay. Um, all right, let's go to Boston at Portland, another game that I'm probably not going to have a lot of exposure to. Um, it's it's funny because normally I've I've always targeted these West Coast games, uh, usually faster pace, and now you got a Boston team, East Coast team, going out West, uh, very defensive-minded. I just – there's not much for me to like here. Uh, what, what do you like in Boston here? Uh, it's a here. Let's just go. It's a two. Let's see what is that? A two o. It's a two o three um, over under, and Portland is favored by six points. So six and a half points. Yeah, um, I think for me again. Yeah, this is probably another game where I'll probably have very little exposure. I'll probably stay away for the most part. Uh, Jason Tatum is probably my favorite play on the Boston side. He continues to just crush it with uh, Kyrie out and uh, Marcus Smart out as well. And Jalen Brown is expected to miss uh, this game, but uh, be back over the weekend. Uh, the nice thing, again, yeah, is that we know where the production should come from on the Boston side. It's going to be Rogier, it's going to be uh, Tatum, and then Al Horford. Um, but out of the three, it would probably be Tatum as my favorite play. But on such a large slate, I don't know how much exposure you know I want to go out of my way to get him against a really good Portland team. Um, but then the last play I do want to mention is probably Greg Monroe, who's actually been really good recently. Um, off the bench, you know, he's not playing more than 25, you know, 22 minutes, but he's putting up monster numbers. So it's probably more of a tournament play. Um, and we need to see the status of uh, Nurkic. He's questionable right now, and, you know, that could mean, uh, you know, they could play maybe more Monroe versus, you know, Ed Davis if if uh, the teams go that way. Yeah, so what I've noticed about Monroe is he's not usually the best rebounder down low, but he always has a possession or two where he does like a little volleyball off the off the back uh, board multiple times, which gives you the, like the three boards and the two points like on a possession, which... You gotta love, you gotta love those type of possessions. It's like there's there's multiple guys that do that that are just terrible at finishing around the bucket, but they get multiple rebounds and then they finally finish it. it Andre Drummond is your classic, right? Drummond, yeah. I can't tell you how many times Drummond's just like did like volleyball off the backboard like multiple times, and then after three offensive boards, he finally puts it back in, and it's just like. Uh, then you do the tally, and you're like, wow, that's a seven-point play. I don't think anybody can do a seven-point play outside of Drummond. So. <laughs> those, those are the best Those, those are the best, best when you're on NBA.com, and then you see uh, you know, Greg Monroe miss, Greg Monroe rebound, yeah. and then just see it over and over. Yeah, those are the best. Yeah. I mean, Andre Drummond, I think, has like at least six or seven times where he's had a seven-point <laughs> play, uh, a, a seven-point play in like, like ten seconds. Which is crazy, right? I mean, you get yeah. you get like three boards and a, a putback. That's that's six points right there. So it's like, yeah, it's yeah, that's good stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with the Greg, Greg Monroe play. Um, outside of that, I'd probably Al Horford's getting down to a price sixty one hundred, where I'm starting to get like, okay, maybe I need to buy. Um, but yeah, I don't think I need to. So I'm probably just gonna stay away. I think I'm gonna total fade Boston here. And then Portland, very similar. Uh, I do like C.J. McCollum's price here at 6500 Uh Definitely want to get some exposure there. But Damian Lillard's at 8800 I don't think I need that. Um, probably avoid everybody else here. Um, El Farouk Amino has been solid at 5600 Very, very yeah. solid. You look at these uh, minutes. 
and he's been producing over 30 points. At 5,600, he's squarely in play. Um, anything else? Uh, we do have a use of Nurkic is questionable. I just saw that. That's uh, that's huge yeah. news. If Nurkic is ruled out, wow. Yeah, so... Good. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah that could put a Davi Davis in play. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we just need to watch that news because you could see a Davis. I don't know. Zach Collins is really a fringe play. That's more of a late slate type of play uh, if you're playing a late night slate. All right. Um, I get, last game of the slate here, we got Atlanta at Golden State. Um, we got Golden State as a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, the over-under here is – basically right at 121 so um we got interesting because you had dennis schroder ruled out without any injury um so is what do we like on atlanta i personally would want to just go right back to dennis schroder um this is just a total mm -hmm. rest situation um and obviously atlanta's trying to lose but you know schroder is going to still come out to golden state well rested and uh it's going to be a pace up game for him so yeah i like it a lot yeah his price is only 6800 um it's still reasonable in this yeah pace up spot no one's going to own him it's kind of like a tyreek evans type of situation we had a couple nights ago where people are just hesitant to go back and this being the late night hammer we may not even have news or lineups so you're going to get everyone here on the atlanta side at low uh low exposure um I mean, Torian Prince has been fantastic, but again, like, I don't know. Maybe they, they rest Torian Prince tomorrow. I mean, just hypothetically, like, maybe they're just trying to tank and they're just going to stagger their rest guys. It could be Deadman. It could be Muscala, which I, I doubt. I guess, you know, they, they probably need Muscala because of the, uh, the John Collins injury news. But, yeah, I mean, this is just a situation where you probably need to just tolerate some risk if you want to attack Atlanta, but you're, you're going to get them at low exposure. Yeah, I think outside of Dennis Short Air, I'm not really looking at too much here. Um, probably, mm -hmm. yeah, probably fade the rest of the situation. Now, the problem here is Atlanta is starting to become like a Memphis, right? I mean, you, yeah. you basically said hands off of Memphis. And I believe the reason why you said that is because of the Tyreek scratch. Now, you almost have to treat Atlanta same way. You would have to treat Sacramento same way. Um, do we stay away from Atlanta based upon that? Like, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Torian Prince gets scratched. Would you? Like, I mean, there's going to be yeah. guys that are going to get yeah. scratched if Schroeder got scratched tonight. Yeah, I think it's really the secondary pieces that I look at, like a Damian Lee at 3,400 if you just want to punt somewhere, if you're trying to fit in you know, the Westbrook and the LeBrons of the slate. You know, Lee should play uh, enough minutes. You know, Muscala is really cheap at 4,400. He should play based on uh, John Collins being out. But, yeah, you are definitely taking some risks here. And you know, my personal stance, especially on a 10-game slate, is you don't really need to in cash games. And obviously in tournaments, everything's in play. Sure. All right, uh, let's roll over to Golden State. Now, this is probably going to be my favorite stud of the day is uh, Steph uh, at 10-6. Now, he's not priced well on DraftKings. He's he's priced at 10-6. Uh, over on FanDuel, he's at 10K even. I think that's, to me, that's very juicy at point guard. Uh, I'll, I'll pay up for that Curry price. Um, it's just a spot where all the studs are sitting, and he's he's rolled out there. Uh, give, me, give me Steph Curry. And then... And then outside of Steph Curry, what what are you what are you looking at? Uh, go ahead and touch on Steph Curry with the studs. Uh, where where do you rank the studs with Steph? Um, yeah, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, Steph Curry's. If you run the uh, the, the on off data, he averages over two fancy points per minute. It's obviously a smaller sample since this isn't normal, but uh, he's got a 42% usage rate. Um, I don't know if that's sustainable, but again, we're looking at monster numbers if if he's going to get his normal minutes and everything seems to be trending, you know, probable without any limitations. Um, so yeah, I, in terms of the ranking, I do think Steph is the top tournament play because I, I expect people to be kind of off him in terms of the recency bias, but I think the industry will probably pump him up. Um, so I'll keep an eye on that, but yeah, outside of Steph, I mean, we've got a bunch of secondary plays who, are really actually going to help with you know, the value that you need. Because Omri Caspi is also questionable. So that puts guys like, I don't know, Nick Young in play, uh, Andre Guadalas in play, even 
David West if you want to just start punting, and they're going to be forced to play um, heavy minutes. So I would probably look to a lot of the Golden State guys um, as as like value, but then knowing that there's going to be a ton of upside just based on their injury situations. Yep, uh, definitely that Omri Caspi news will be interesting. Um, uh, Caspi mainly plays small forward minutes, so that would affect like an Iguodala. Uh, I would expect an uptake with Iguodala. Um, even Nick Young minutes for sure. Uh, Nick Young squarely in play at 30, uh, at 5K. Um, I expect him to see about three quarters of the game, 36 minutes. And, you know, the way Steph, Steph still generates enough um, action, like with dribbling, uh, to set up a guy like Nick Young. I just, you know, Nick Young is definitely a spot-up shooter. He's very similar to Klay Thompson. So it's like one of those things where if he's not scoring, He's he's just not doing a whole lot out there, so it's kind of a scary play. But I think at 5K, there's still plenty of value uh, across the industry. He's he's very similarly priced, and I, I do like him quite a bit. Uh, I'm gonna wait on the Caspi news to like really throw out uh, like an Andre Iguodala. Still not, you know, I was more of an Iguodala fan like four or five years ago. Now I just feel like his role is a little bit more reserved. But in a spot where all the studs are out other than Curry, I think he could step up into that like main role. Um, I'm I'm just I'm very interested in what's going to go on here. Uh, they're going to have to play small, it seems like, right? You have you have Quinn Cook point guard, you have Steph Curry point guard, you have Nick Young shooting guard, you have Iguodala small forward, and then you just have all these guys that are don't play major roles. Um, so who's going to be soaking up the minutes? That's, that's, that's what I'm curious with. And Atlanta like wants to go small also. So I don't think like a Denman is squarely in play because I think Denman might actually get his minutes reduced. Um, but if you can get like, if you can get Torian Prince getting like power forward slash center minutes, even Muscala, uh, is going to see plenty of minutes out there. I think they're squarely in play. The, the more I think about this, uh, the more I like the Atlanta side, I'm, I wouldn't mind stacking this game and just hoping it stays close. Yo, I love that idea. I mean, even like someone like a Kevin Looney is actually plays and uh, put up 27 points in three of his last four games. So, yeah, you can definitely stack this up, and it's going to be really cheap and contrarian. I don't think a lot of people are going to want to risk uh, you know, a late-night uh, stack without the uh, – Without the lineups and also just coming off the short air news. I know this is this is such a scary, such a scary, scary spot. So, <laughs> um, all right. Well, we yeah, got through, gonna, we got yeah. through the ten games, uh, Alan. Um, so, I mean, all I'm gonna say is uh, I've I've done some coaching the last uh, couple months. It's been going awesome. In fact, this is maybe one of my best stretches of DFS play ever, and I want to almost like consider it's because of of my coaching. I feel like. When I do coaching, like I get, you know, I hear what my uh, struggles of my students are going through and it kind of puts me in their uh, position because every single struggle that my students ever gone through, I've also gone through that same struggle. So kind of puts me back into uh, that part of like where I was in the DFS. And like it, it also makes me feel like, OK, let's let's see if I can work them through that hump. So. It's kind of helped me out. Uh, if you need any type of coaching, um, you can reach me on uh, killaby2482 on Twitter or uh, direct message me on Rotogrinders. I'm more than uh, more than willing to help out. Um, I, I, luckily, like I've been able to like uh, get most of my students in with only one session or two session. I try and jam in as much information as possible. I've I've basically told all my students after two sessions, you're done. <laughs> now it's now it's your turn you know go go out there and uh fight the battle so um alan uh any last words here for this friday slate no uh, i think yeah you're gonna have to really monitor the news here uh there's just so much that's gonna shape the slate uh slate and then yeah it's been good uh gonna be just working with you the past couple uh couple times uh dan's gonna be back on on Monday, but yeah, I really enjoyed doing these pods with you. Yeah, DB is probably looking like a lobster right now in the Bahamas. Like he's a uh, he's quite a. Uh, I mean, his pigment is very very uh, light. Let's just say that much. And uh, you know, with with him having a bald head, I, mean, I just kind of want to see how red he looks by the time he's back. You know, doing podcasts again. I hopefully he does some video podcasts so we can just see how red he looks. You know, that's all I want to see. 
Just do it. Yeah. Right. We'll get them on uh, Grinders Live or something. For sure. <laughs> All right, uh, Rotor Grinders. Uh, good luck. Uh, good luck on Friday here, and, uh, and we'll see you later. All right. All right I just, cool. I just caught it. So. Pros do it right by relying on trusted brands to get the job done. Lowe's is here to help with more of those brands in stock like DeWalt and Little Giant. We stock the largest in-store selection of DeWalt power tools and accessories of any national retailer. Now save $60 on a two-pack of DeWalt 20-volt max batteries, now just $99. Plus, we now offer the Little Giant King Combo Ladder, the world's first step, extension, and leaning ladder, giving you the flexibility to do just about any job for only $159. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 616, U.S. only. And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's what, man. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations.